Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. Um, but I want to share with you, we're going to continue on our theme. I think we've got a, here we go, of hungry. And uh, we've been in the middle of 40 days of spiritual hunger. And I encourage you, there is a card on your seat um, that you're welcome to take home if you haven't already. Uh, just uh, some great uh, thoughts and ideas for you to initiate during the week to stay in that place of being hungry for the things of God. Pastor Josh preached a great word last week. I encourage you to listen to that on a podcast or on YouTube. And um, we're just, uh, and you know what? Sunday nights, Pastor Alice preached brilliantly the last couple of Sunday nights. If you don't normally come on a Sunday night, can I encourage you, come tonight. Pastor Josh is gonna be sharing. And uh, they're a lot of fun, great family moments, more time in the presence of God. And so I encourage you to come along tonight, 5 p.m. It'd be great to see you there. Bring someone with you, with you as well. That'd be awesome. But we're going to continue this morning on hungry. And we talked about last week how really we're asking ourselves a question. Are we hungry for the things of God? Are we as hungry as we could be for the things of God? Now, I think that's a very important question to ask, especially if you are, uh, desire to encounter more of God or experience more of what a relationship with God Offers. I say that because I believe that there are certain things which all followers of Jesus receive through salvation, but then there are other things that are available to us in our relationship with God that are only discovered by seeking them out. Lamentations 3 verse 25, it says, The Lord is good to them that wait for Him, to the soul that seeks Him. Psalm 119 verse 2 says, how blessed are those who observe His rules and seek Him with all their heart. There are some amazing things to be discovered if you would choose to hunger after God. And you know, you hear me say this often, but I believe that what you have experienced so far through a relationship with God is not all there is to experience. Doesn't matter how long you've been walking with God, doesn't matter how many incredible miracles you've seen or moments you have had, there is always more to experience. Ephesians 3.20 reminds us that He is the God who can do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. In other words, there is no ceiling to God's ability. If you are willing to activate your faith towards Him, you can experience incredible things. And, And so I'm excited that we are focusing on hungering after God. In John chapter four, Jesus is... uh, sitting at a well, it's called Jacob's Well in a region of Samaria. And there just happens to be a a Samaritan woman there that day and she's drawing water from the well. And as she comes close to Jesus, Jesus senses in her heart that she's a woman in pain. That she's a woman who's not fulfilled, but has been looking to fulfill and satisfy the needs of her heart through relationships, through the things of the world. And he has compassion on her. And he decides to use this opportunity to offer her a a different option, offer her something and share with her where she can find her true fulfillment. And so he politely says to her, would you give me a drink? And the woman, she's a little taken back to begin with because at the time, Samaritans and Jews, they didn't associate with one another. And uh, So she says to Jesus, but I'm a Samaritan and you're a Jew. How can you ask me for a drink? And Jesus says to her, if you knew the gift of God 
and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now the woman, she hears this and she's a little confused. She doesn't quite understand what Jesus is saying. And she looks at Jesus and she says, but hang on, you don't have anything to draw the water with. And the well is very deep. And are you saying that you're greater than Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it as well? And then Jesus responds to her with these famous words. In John 4, 13, he says, everyone who drinks this water. Now, when he says this, he's not talking about the water in the well. Appreciate that Jesus is talking about the things of the world, the water of the world. He says, everyone who drinks this water, everyone who chases after the things of the world will be thirsty again. You see, you might think that those things can satisfy you. And they may momentarily, but they will never fulfill the desires of your heart. You will continue to still be thirsty. He says, whoever drinks this water, the things of the world will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them, whoever drinks from me will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Do you know why it's important to hunger after God? Because chasing after anything else, pursuing anything that the world says, giving over your priority to anything else will never satisfy you like chasing after God can. It's only chasing after God where you find what your heart desires. You see, no relationship, no substance, no career, no accolade that you can win will ever fulfill you like God can. Matthew 5, verse 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. The Amplified Version says, completely satisfied. In other words, when you chase after God, when you hunger after God, what you discover through Him will satisfy everything of your heart's desire. You don't have to look any further. What an amazing blessing that is. If you're feeling empty, if you're feeling lost or alone or uncertain or insecure or fearful or anxious or tired or don't have a direction of your life or lacking purpose, you know the one who can help, it's God. In Him is where you'll find the answers to those things. Not in anything else. There's a lot of things that say, that promise a lot, but don't deliver. But what I've experienced in my own life is God will never let you down. What he promises, he does. His word will not return void. And there are incredible promises that he's given us. And they're found through seeking him, through hungering after him. One thing I am convinced of, you will never lose out making a decision to hunger after God. Put him first, seek him above everything else and you will never miss out. The apostle Paul discovered this. He said in Philippians 3 verse eight to nine, he said, yes, Everything else is worthless when compared with the priceless gain of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I've put aside all else, counting it worthless than nothing in order that I can have Christ and become one with Him. He says, you know, these things, they, they mean good, but what I have found through my relationship with Jesus, I mean, they don't even compare. They're, they're almost worth nothing in comparison to what I've found and what my heart has been filled with through a relationship with Jesus. You will never lose out hungering 
and seeking the things of God. You'll recall a story. Uh, there's a story in the Gospels of four men who were carrying, carrying their friend on a mat, their paralytic friend, and, and they decided to carry him on a mat to take him to where Jesus was. They heard that Jesus was ministering in, in this house not too far away, and so they picked their friend up and they carry him to the house, and they're hoping that when they get there, they'll be able to bring him into the presence of Jesus, and Jesus will pray for him and, and heal him. So they go on this journey, but as they get to the house, they discover there's so many people in this house that it's too full that they can't even get through the front door. Jesus doesn't even know that they're there. Now in that moment, they're faced with a decision. They, they can either continue or they can turn around and say, well, obviously it's not our day today. You know, obviously it's not meant to be. You know, there's too many people. It's not going to happen. We might as well go off and, and do something else. But see, here's the thing. When you're hungry... When you're hungry to be in God's presence, when you're hungry to encounter God, you'll end up doing things that perhaps you ordinarily wouldn't do. You won't take no for an answer, but you will push through. And you know, it doesn't matter who we are. All of us have a crowd. All of us have something that we at times have to push through. Maybe we have to push through intimidation. Maybe you have to push through that concern about what others will think. Maybe you have to push through apathy or, or disappointment of the past. All of us have something that at times we have to push through. When you're hungry, you'll be willing to push through that thing. You're willing to say, no, I'm not allowing that thing rob me of this moment because I know the best option for me is Jesus. The best option for me is to be in the presence of Jesus. He's the one who's got my answer and I'm so close. So they hunger after Jesus and their hunger causes them to do something they ordinarily wouldn't do and they make a decision to climb up on the roof of the house. It's not their home, it's somebody else's home. And they decide, we're gonna dig a hole in the roof. I'm sure the owner was very happy about that. Dig a hole in the roof big enough to lower their friend through the roof right into the room where Jesus was speaking. And so they create this hole, they begin to lower their friend and Jesus looks up as I imagined that he would. <laughs> and notice that Jesus doesn't get angry. He's not upset. He's not annoyed that they've disturbed them, his meeting. In fact, he's excited because the Bible says that he sees their faith. He sees their faith and in response to their hunger to be in his presence, he not only heals their friend physically, but also spiritually. And what I want you to understand is that their hunger was rewarded with a miracle. Their hunger was rewarded with a miracle. My question is, I wonder what is on the other side of our hunger? I wonder what is waiting on the other side of us choosing to put God first, to pursue Him. What miracles, what breakthroughs, what encounters are waiting? What fresh moments in the presence of God are waiting for us? What words, what clarity, what vision, what direction, what calling? What breakthroughs are waiting on the other side of us hungering after God? Yes, I'm thankful for what I've experienced. I'm thankful for the moments I've had in God, but I know that there is more. There's something waiting on the other side of our hunger. Maybe we have to push through some things. Maybe we have to make a decision. Maybe, yes, it, it takes some discipline and some effort. But man, there are some amazing things waiting on the other side of our hunger. Here's what I know. Your, a hungry heart will not go unrewarded. 
It will not go unrewarded. It's not ignored. It's not just passed over. God, He is drawn to hunger. He sees your hungry heart. In fact, it says in Hebrews 11 verse 6, it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must first believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. He rewards us for seeking Him. In Mark 8, Jesus is teaching a large crowd of people. The Bible says that there were 4,000 men plus women and children. And I, I haven't got that wrong. There's two different stories in the Bible. <laughs> there's one where it's 5,000 men and women and children. But there's another one of 4,000. We don't talk about one, that one as much because there's 1,000 less. It's not as spectacular, perhaps. No, I'm not kidding. There's something amazing that happens in this that really spoke to me. There's 4,000 people plus women and children and they've been with Jesus for three days. Three days, there's some hungry people, spiritually hungry people. They were with Jesus for three days. They've been with him so long that they actually run out of food. And Jesus recognises this and instead of sending them away to go and get some food somewhere else, he has compassion on them and he says, you know what, I wanna feed them. And so he turns to his disciples and he asks them, you know, how many loaves of bread do you have? And his disciples have a look and they say, well, we've got seven, seven loaves of bread. And Jesus says, great, bring them here to me. And uh, they also found a couple of fish as well. And he takes the bread and the fish, and he lifts it up to heaven. He thanks God for it. The Bible says that he breaks it and he begins to distribute it. In fact, it says in Mark chapter eight, verse seven, it says a few small fish were found too. So Jesus also blessed these and told the disciples to distribute them. They ate as much as they wanted. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food there were about 4,000 men in the crowd that day and Jesus sent them home after they had eaten. So there's 4,000 people, there's seven loaves and a few fish. Jesus blesses it, multiplies it. Then everyone was able to eat as much as they wanted. As much as they wanted. There was no limit. As hungry as you were, that's how much you could have. The only time the miracle ceased was when the hunger subsided. As long as there was at least one hungry person in those thousands of people, the miracle kept flowing. As long as they were hungry, they could keep eating. So my question is, how hungry are you? How hungry are you? Because you can eat as much as you want. Wherever there's a hungry heart, God will keep pouring it out. God will keep supplying it. You can have as much as you want. If someone next to you has more, then you just start hungering more. Let's not get upset or jealous of each other. It's a blessing. Maybe they were just hungry. Because if you're hungry, you can have more too. If you're hungry, He'll keep pouring it out. You can have as much as you want. Because he is drawn to a hungry heart. As much as they wanted. In fact, here's the thing. You can never out-hunger God. In other words, you can never be so hungry that you go past the limit of what God can supply. There's always more. There's always more. It doesn't matter how hungry you are, there's always more. In fact, there were seven basketfuls left over. Everyone had eaten as much as they wanted and there were still leftovers. It's because God wants you to know He's not the God of just enough. He's a God of more than enough, amen? He's a God of more than enough. Whatever you need, whatever you supply, 
He's got more than enough. You can eat as much as you want. How hungry are you for the things of God? I'm going to ask the, the keys to join me. Now, I'm going to say something that may seem in contradiction to everything that I've said so far. But just bear with me for a moment. As I spill water on my iPad. Fantastic. Nah, just missed. <laughs> I was considering the subject of hungering after God. And I began to consider how often our hunger towards God is inconsistent. You know, one moment we are, if you like, on fire for God. We're full of passion. We're full of excitement. We're putting all other things aside and we're putting God first where He deserves to be and we're serving Him and we're worshiping Him. We can't wait to, to be in His presence and, and, and we're passionate for the things of God. And then there's other moments where we just, for some reason, we just find ourselves going through the motion. Where, you know, other things are getting our best attention instead of God and sort of God just becomes another thing in our week that we may or may not attend to. And so we have these sort of weird cycles where we're super passionate for God and then another time we just find that hunger waning. And I wondered why that is. Why is it that our hunger at times is inconsistent? And then I began to think, maybe, maybe it's often because our hunger is motivated by what we might get in return. If, if we're convinced that we're gonna get something amazing in return, if we're convinced that we might receive a miracle or a breakthrough or a fresh revelation, then we're hungry. But if we're not sure, then maybe we're not, as hungry. Or, or maybe we're like, you know, well, you know, I, I don't really need anything more. I feel pretty comfortable with where I'm at. I'm happy with my relationship with God. I'm happy with what I've got. I'm not in a great deal of need. Of, you know, I, I, I'm pretty happy here. Do I need a hunger after God more? If I don't need more, do I need a hunger after Him more? Well, let me ask you a question that I asked myself this week. Even if there was no blessings to be found on the other side of hunger, doesn't God still deserve it? <laughs> doesn't He still deserve our hunger? When I consider what He's done for me, when I consider where my life would be if it was not for His love and His grace and the sacrifice He made for me, even if He did, not, did nothing else for me, doesn't He still deserve the very best of me? Doesn't He still deserve all of my heart's desire? Doesn't He still deserve to be number one in my life above everything else? I, I can't think of anyone who deserves more of my devotion than He does. Simply based on what He's already done in my life. How He already turned my life around and, and, and saved me when I could not save myself. The only reason we're able to be here and have joy and peace in our heart is because what He's already done for us. Surely He deserves our hunger. 
Why hunger after God? Because He deserves it. Regardless of how I feel on a certain day, regardless of the circumstance that I'm in at a certain time, regardless if I have a need or not, regardless if my life is going in the direction that I want it to or not, He still deserves it. He still deserves my hunger. You know, one of the things that, um, you know, I look at the modern church today and I'm like, man, we are so blessed, aren't we? And we have these incredible facilities. We have wonderful staging and production and incredible artists and creative people and musicians and leaders and speakers and all these amazing things. But if our hunger is dependent upon those things, man, we've taken a wrong turn somewhere. If our hunger is dependent on how good the worship is that day, what happens when it's not that great? If our hunger is dependent upon, you know, where we are in life, what if we're not where we wanna be? If my hunger is determined on who's speaking that morning, what if they're not speaking? What happens to our hunger then? When did it become dependent upon these things? When did our hunger become about us? If I get something out of it, then I'm gonna hunger. When did it become about us? Isn't it supposed to be about Him? You see, if it's based on what I get out of it, it's gonna be inconsistent. I'm gonna be more hungry when I need something and less hungry when I'm content. I'm gonna be more hungry leading up to an encounter with God and less hungry after an encounter with God. You know, there's, there's some of us, we're, we're trying to live on encounters we had 12 months ago. I was hungry then. I got an awesome revelation then. But since then, you know, you've just gone back to sort of the routine and, and that revelation was good for 12 months ago, but it may not be what you need today. There's fresh manner available for you every single day. There's something God wants to say to you, encourage you with, equip you with each and every day, but you gotta stay hungry. I heard a great preacher, he said, he said, we've got to learn to be able to remain hungry even after we're spiritually full. Sometimes we're spiritually full and we're like, thanks God, I've got what I need. I'll see you in a couple of months. <laughs> but it's both. It's having that, my heart is full, but it just stirs me to want more. It stirs me to want more of you. But regardless of any of that, you deserve it. You deserve it. Because where would I be without you? Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14. He says, For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and holds us tightly, because we are convinced that He has given His life for all of us. This means all died with Him, so that those who live, you and I, should no longer live self-absorbed lives, but lives that are poured out for Him. The one who died for us and now lives again. And I can see what He's done for me. I wanna pour my life out to Him. And perhaps like you, I don't always get that right. And I was challenged this week by the Holy Spirit. How much of your hunger has been motivated by what you could get instead of it simply being out of a heart of gratitude and thankfulness for what I've already done. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with encouraging us to believe that there are other things on the other side of their hunger because there are many stories in the Bible that do that. And I believe that God is so good and so loving. He wants to bless us. He's amazing. 
but I never want that to be the foundation of our hunger. That can be a result, but the foundation is that you are just worthy of it, God, because of who you are and who you are is more than I could ever bear. Would you stand up on your feet with me for a moment? If you're at home, you're watching online, why don't you stand up in the presence of God where you are? We're just gonna take a moment to worship Him, to offer Him our hunger, our faith, our gratitude today. You know, maybe as I've been talking, you realise there's been some things that have taken priority over time with God. Or just putting Him first in, in your life. Maybe you've been pursuing some of the other things. This is an opportunity just to say, God, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? Help me to put you first again. Maybe you recognise that, that you haven't had the same hunger and passion for the things of God that you did in times past. Ask right now the Holy Spirit to stir up that hunger in you again, to stir up that passion for Him again. I wanna tell you, there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ. He's not upset with you. He's not angry with you. He wants the best for you. The Holy Spirit, if He's speaking to you right now, it's because He wants to lead you to something that's even better. There's more that God has for you. Why don't we just, as we worship, why don't you just remind yourself of how good God has been? Just remind yourself of how He changed your life, how He's turned it around. And out of that heart of thankfulness and gratitude, come on, let's worship Him this morning. Let's hunger after Him. Let's put Him back in His rightful place. Oh, we thank You, God. We worship You, God, in this place. Oh, You're so amazing. You're so amazing. And we offer up our highest praise. We give our all. You are the number one desire of our heart. And so we honour You with our hunger today. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes and my past, and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did, and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose, and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, He's a friend, and you can invite Him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what? Maybe He's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy, and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am 
in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace and the word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey. Why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you. And we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.